Hi there, and welcome to the Grief and Rebirth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Barnhart, along with author and trauma survivor, Irene Weinberg. We're here to encourage you wherever you are on your healing journey. In each episode, we will chat with incredible grief and trauma specialists, healers, mediums, and celebs, as well as remarkable people who have inspiring healing stories to share. If you're looking for a podcast that's both uplifting and inspiring, you found us. Let us help you find your joy in life. And thank you for joining another episode here of the Grief and Rebirth podcast. This is our fourth episode in our summer series, and I'm very excited for our special guest tonight, Irene. How are yes, you? Yes, I'm great. excited? Yes, very. I, I can't wait to tell everyone about our very special guest. Should I just take it away and go for it? Another fellow New Yorker here who is slightly a little more famous, I'm sure you guys will know, but Irene, I'll let you do the honors of introducing him. Okay. Well, tonight we have a very famous, very, very well-known, very gifted medium named Thomas John. He's a psychic medium and a clairvoyant who has conducted thousands of readings around the world. He's made numerous appearances in the media, including Dr. Phil, and has had dozens of features on the Wall Street Journal, New York Magazine, OK Magazine, the New York Post, and the Hollywood Reporter, you name it. And now he is on the Grief and Rebirth Finding the Joy in Life podcast. He is the author of a book called Never Argue with a Dead Person, and I could not agree more. <laughs> and he has also, and he has also, uh, he has a lot of workshops on intuition. I have attended some of them. Um, he helps people communicate with their deceased loved ones. And I think his latest offering, and Thomas will correct me if I'm wrong, is he is doing a workshop on grief and helping people uh, to see how grief can be a powerful tool for transformation, which is especially appropriate for our podcast, Grief and Rebirth, Finding the Joy in Life. Thomas, say hi and tell everybody how you come to all of this and take it away. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah, I am a psychic and medium. Thank you, Irene, for having me and Stephanie. And, um, yes, I have been doing this uh, work professionally for the last um, about eight or nine years. And I am, you know, I'm very blessed and happy to do this work. And I always kind of jokingly say I really can't do anything else in life, so I'm happy that I can talk to dead people. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you certainly do it well. How did you get into this, Thomas? How did this, how did this, find you or how did you find it? Oh, great question. Well, you know, I was born with the ability to see spirit and I, 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 I was at four years old, I saw my deceased grandfather and I was very clear that it was him, even though I hadn't met him, but I recognized him from pictures. And I grew up in a small town in, Plain, in Massachusetts called Plainville. Um, and it was just like it, you would imagine it would be. And um, it was a small place. Uh, nobody talked about psychics or mediums or anything like that. And uh, when I begin to describe these experiences to my family, to my mother and father, my mother was completely terrified by it. And my father, who was uh, basically a a child abuser, would uh, beat me up. And so it wasn't a safe place for me to talk about it. So I totally by about seven or eight years old, stopped talking about it. Um, I still had those experiences, but I just didn't even pay attention to it. I would ignore it. I would ask the deceased people to leave me alone. Um, And it wasn't until really my late 20s, sorry, 
sorry, my early 20s, um, um, late teens, early 20s when I was in college um, and I was beginning to have terrible bouts of anxiety and depression um, that I really turned back to spirit and started to embrace it and things like that. And that wasn't an easy path for me either. And I just, I was constantly running from it. Um, you know, I would do things to turn it off or turn away from it. You know, I would do things where I would either, you know, I would drink a lot or I would, you know, I would, you know, hang around people that weren't, you know, in my, you know, weren't really spiritually minded and stuff. And I just did anything possible to run away from it. And then about when I was about 22 years old, I embraced it. And I just decided that, uh, you know, this is the path that I have been given and I just need to kind of embrace it. Now, did somebody help you to embrace it? Were you frightened in the beginning by, I mean, I know people who do see spirit and when they're young, they get very frightened by it. And I've known people who've been mentored to uh, see, to appreciate what has happened to them as a gift. Did someone help you or you just kind of worked for your, with yourself to come to this conclusion? Well, I, you know, I am a self-taught medium. I've actually never had, I've taken classes and workshops and there's people that I admire, but I've never had any sort of formal training as a medium. And, and many mediums don't have, uh, you know, some do, some don't. I, I, I have had, you know, uh, done a lot of workshops, but my teachers have been and my mentors have been people um, that are, you know, healers. Um, I have um, people that I look up to are not necessarily other psychics and mediums. I've really taken my stuff more from um, what's helped me the most in terms of my path and getting grounded and getting centered. Because I've always heard dead people. I've always seen them. I've always gotten messages from them. So I needed help more with my personal, you know, self-esteem and working on myself. And so I, you know, people like Carolyn Mace or Wayne Dyer or, um, you know, Eckhart Tolle or, you know, people like that has been more people who talk about the soul um, have been more my teachers in terms of people that I look up to or I've taken, you know, classes with. I I often tell people, and it's, you know, that's the truth, that Carol, you know, I work, uh, I I, I consider Carolyn Mace my spiritual teacher. We are in touch sometimes, and I, I, you know, she's helped me quite a bit, too, to just kind of look at things in my life and stuff. Um, One of the things of being a medium is that, and this is something that's sometimes not always focused on, you know, but people who take mediumship development, you know, they'll come and they're like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to start to get names. I want to start to be more specific in my readings. But one of the things that I focus on is the medium has to go through a a really intense period of looking at themselves and their self-analysis because... um, Everything you do as a medium is, when you think about it, is projected and worked through in your own body and your own consciousness and your own imagination. So you as a medium, nobody's perfect, but you need to be aware of the things in your life that you you are, who you are as a person, because otherwise it will, you know, you'll see the mediumship through that component of things and stuff. But I, you know, yeah, I've had, and just even, you know, friends that I've had great relationships with that I've, I consider mentors. So it's, it's not always been other mediums and psychics. That's wonderful though. I mean, it must be very hard for you, Thomas, because here you teach people about forgiveness and you had your own issues with your own dad. So I would imagine that that's part of what you needed to heal and deal with so that you can, and I, and I understand that you also work with addiction and, and I know you work to help counsel people with mental health issues and, and all that. So you, you have to clean your, you have to clean your 
being so that you can be clear to help other people, I would imagine. So it's quite yeah, a path. Yeah, it's very important. I think like any healer, and it always starts from that place. But um, yeah, I feel very blessed that I have um, the abilities that I have, and I'm very happy that I do, and I just am very thankful that God gave me those abilities. That's, that's, now, how do you shut it off? Like if you get, if you get finished with a gallery, say, and you are... You had all these fears coming at you. How do you shut it off? I'm sure that after the show is over, you've signed your books, and you're still hearing from them. Yeah. You know, I don't know that you ever really totally shut it off. You know, I, 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 I have to be honest with you when people say that. You know, I hear people say, oh, I, you know, I just shut off. Uh, you know, there are things that impede the, the process or, or sort of, so for example, you know, um, the way I would answer that is I don't know that I ever shut it off. It's, it's part of how I see the world. And just like you have experiences, you know, I've read your book, you know, you have things, I mean, there, those are experiences and abilities and things that you see the world through that. So there's no real way that you're in one, you know, even if you're not actively engaging in that, you know, you don't just not, it's like a musician or like a cook or like a police officer. I mean, when something is so a part of your life, I think I always see the world through that. I always joke and say, you know, if I woke up one day and I didn't see dead people, I think there was something wrong with me. I'd probably go to the hospital or something. <laughs> it's just such a part of my life, I don't even think about it. Now, if, uh, if somebody's going to ask me, well, do you walk down the street and talk to people and say, oh, your dead mom's here. Oh, my God, your dead daughter's here. No, I don't do that because that's not really ethically um, appropriate, and that's not the way that I feel the context of my work should be. I feel like it sh- it's a sacred process. It should be done in a sacred process. So I do it, um, and that's not being being greedy or not sharing my gifts, but I'm just, I, it's not my thing to do that. I always ask, you know, people, you know, but also, I also know that spirit directs me in a lot of ways, and I have been in a lot of random situations dinner parties, coffee houses, uh, concerts, on a date, at a museum, and there's a person that will visit me and say, that's my daughter, I need to give a message. And so when that happens, I always say to the person, I'm a medium, um, you know, I'm getting a message from a loved one, I want to know if you're okay hearing it, and if you are, I'm going to share it with you. If you're, if you're not okay with it, then that's okay too, and you can go about your life, but I just want to tell you what's going to And most people, you know, obviously say, okay, well, I'd like to hear it then. I mean, I've had very few people say, you know, no, I don't want to hear it. Um, but I always ask that first because I need somebody's permission in order to, to give them that message. Well, obviously, you're respectful of their boundaries. And talking about that, one of my favorite stories in your book, and it's so funny that we both wrote books that talk about food in heaven. There's chocolate and champagne in heaven, and you were at a dinner party. Right. And Right? You want to share that story with, with people? Because I think that's a, a hilarious story with that guy's mom and how he wasn't a believer, total skeptic. Yeah, that was one of those situations where, <laughs> you know, I was at a dinner party and had no, uh, well, it wasn't really a dinner party, it was just a party, but I, you know, had no intentions and started talking about it. And, you know, this guy was looking at me like, uh, you've got three heads, I don't know what you're talking about, and I don't believe in any of that stuff. Um, and he was kind of quite rude about it. And then his mom, came through and then it was like you know it's so funny too because his wife was totally like you know into it or um and um i you know i was able to give him a message and it was so clear that he needed that message and probably a person that would never 
say, oh, hey, you know, I, I want to go see a medium. Let's look up the closest medium. So a lot of times spirit knows what needs to happen when, and they're, you know, they're kind of in control of that, and they kind of guide things, and I just trust. I just trust. Um, I always joke and say, you, you know, you have to pay for the reading, but I work for the dead people, and <laughs> they, you know, they kind of just know, and they, they know what to bring through. They know the validations to bring through, and, you know, if you're open to it, and you believe in it, and you, you open your mind and your heart to it, it can be a beautiful connection to realize that, you know, love never dies. I mean, that can be a pretty profound experience. I find it to be, I find when people get messages from their deceased loved ones, I find it to be so incredibly healing. And you connect that with grief being something that can be a powerful tool for transformation. You want to talk about that? Is that linked to receiving messages from your deceased loved ones? Oh, I think that it totally can be. I mean, I think there can be totally, you know, messages that can be so helpful to people. I have witnessed moments where people's whole life have changed. And and I'm not saying this to sort of sound like I'm some sort of guru, but I have seen people who have come and had a reading. I do Facebook Live sometimes where I just connect with my audience and I and I just give little, I call them greetings from spirit. And I'll just say, you know, your mom's here and you know, her name was this, and she liked to do this, and she loves you. And people email me and say that they have waited uh, 15 years to have a message like that. And so it is a very powerful tool for people to transform and and realize. And sometimes it's scary. I mean, I have had people that have come up to me after my events or the next day and send, or, you know, send me nasty emails. I've had people that have, um, you know, been so freaked out that they've, you know, they've left the room. Um, you know, so it's something that needs to be dealt with in just such a special way. And I, you know, I tell people that when I'm working with them, you know, developing their mediumship, I mean, it's just such a sacred thing that needs to be dealt with in a special way. But I, I do really believe, and I know that life goes on after death. And I know that that bond of love continues. And yeah, there can be so much healing. It can really put people on another journey to, you know, for somebody to say, I had a reading this morning with a woman and, you know, I said, your mom's here. And, um, you know, I described her and the woman was surprised because she wasn't really expecting to hear from her mom. And I said, you know, your mom just wants to say something that she never got to say in life and she never said. And she just wants to say, I love you and you are beautiful and you are worthy of love. And her mother was just the meanest person on in the physical world. So that was so healing for that woman. And she even said at the end, you know, oh, my God, I feel like my life has changed. I feel like that voice inside my head is gone. You know, I, I just feel so different. Thomas, a lot of people will, you know, they'll take the physical experience that they've had with the person so literally. And I read that there is a life review and people understand things differently when they cross over. Would you agree with that? Oh, I definitely, yeah, there definitely is a life review. And um, so someone like that, this woman's mother, she got to experience, I imagine, how she made her daughter feel. Now she was apologizing for that. Yes, I think that that definitely that definitely does. I mean, I, I, I've seen that happen many times. Yeah. Wow. And that was really good. Go ahead, Steph. Sorry, I just, I'm curious about these workshops that you you host and stuff and like who can kind of tap into that. And are they like in person or do you just like you said, you do them on Facebook Live? I do workshops um, on, I do do online workshops. 
and I also do in-person workshops. But I do try to offer my workshops online just because, you know, not everybody can get to where I'm going to be, and it opens up to a whole new audience. So I, I do do that. And what kind are they? Are they just like, is it like when you do a workshop, it's kind of like a gallery with multiple people and they get readings, or is it more kind of intimate than that? Well, I have all sorts of things. So I have something that is called a spirit circle, which is eight people and it's two hours and it's basically like getting a private reading in a public, in a sort of a public group of eight. And the reason I offer those is because it's very healing for people to hear other people's messages too. And so you get that much more out of it. You get a reading for yourself, but you also get all these other additional little nudges and messages by hearing other people's experiences. So that is healing. So for example, just a couple days ago, I had a spirit circle. And just by the coincidence of this, well, no, there's no coincidence, but synchronicity of the universe, I had advertised a spirit circle for eight people and put it up, you know, put it on my website. I have no control over who signs up for it. And every single person that signed up for it had lost a child. There wow. were eight women there and they had all lost children. They didn't, they didn't come together. They didn't know each other. It wasn't like one woman said, hey, girls, let's go to this. They were all random. So it was like spirit brought them together. So not only did they hear from their own children, they also got messages through hearing about other people losing their children. It was very transformational. I also do big wow. gallery events. That's like 100, 200 people in um, you know, readings. But I also do workshops on developing your intuition. I have a workshop on life and loss. I have a workshop on the chakras, you know, the energy system of the body. I have a workshop on medical intuition. I have a workshop on forensic intuition. So working, trying to develop your abilities um, to work on uh, cases. Um, I have a growing up in the spirit world workshop. So a workshop about how to connect with your child that you might have lost. So I try to do topics that people would like and we do a lot of practice. I have my basic developing your intuition workshop, mediumship workshop. So those are those are teaching based. I mean, I always end up doing readings in them just for fun, but it just it just um, it, it's not you know it's 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 more it's it's not that um, those are a little bit different. It's sort of like a twofer. It's a twofer because you you get. <laughs> To learn from your wisdom, and then you may you take a shot. You may even get a little reading from Thomas. It's like an extra bonus. Yeah, we we have a lot of fun in the workshops, and it's great for me to see people learn and see people say, oh "My God, I I can be connected to the spirit world. I can get messages. I can, you know, I can hear from my loved ones." Um, it's it's great for people. Just I, I you know when that happens. So I I. I I, I love presenting that opportunity, and, and I, I love teaching, actually. It's, it brings me great joy. So, That's, so Yeah, you're affecting so many people. I'm thinking, like, you know, you said that you started seeing, you know, spirits very young, I think four. I mean, that's, you know, I have a six-year-old, so that's just like, wow, I can't believe that, you know, it happened so early in these. And, you know, you were just obviously afraid to really kind of even – talk about that like if there's somebody listening out here I mean because you said you kind of help people with their intuition like what would you like recommend or how would you have them kind of like deal with that or like give some advice maybe even just because they're kind of afraid themselves or not sure what's happening or how to turn it off or like how did how did you seem to get through or maybe give you know someone on how to handle that or someone has a child and they seem to be very intuitive where they say mommy i'm seeing this person or that person how should a parent handle that yeah, yeah. well i you know it's interesting i mean that's it's such a great question so um 
you know, if you yourself, I mean, we're all intuitive. We are born intuitive. So we all have this knowingness. It's whether we choose to embrace it or accept it or listen to it, but we all, we all no doubt have it. As far as, you know, I give different tips and we practice so much of this in my workshops, but just to give you some quick tips for your listeners, one thing, if you're an adult and that you're going through this, I always tell my students, document your experiences, keep a journal, write down those little hunches and nudges that you get because intuition travels through space and time. So you may get a hit on something and you may say, oh, whatever, I'm just going to discredit, discount that. That doesn't make any sense. And then three weeks later it did, but you know, you don't remember it. So you you don't keep track of it. And that's a very reinforcing way for you over a month or so of keeping track of your feelings, your gut reactions to things, um, to get reinforcement of when you are really tapping into your intuition. Um, you know, all obviously, you know, meditating, setting your intention on connecting with your intuition, asking for signs, those are all important too. Another thing with your intuition is also is to um, figure out the way that you are most intuitive. So some people are really clairvoyant. Some people are really claircognizant. It, it, you know, it just really depends how you process your intuition. Some people say, well, I never get dreams of my loved ones. That's okay. They might be visiting you in another way. So pay attention to the ways that they, they, may, be, they may be visiting you. Thomas, can you explain to our listeners, some of them are very new to this world, how you get messages? You use the words clairvoyant, claircognizant. Could you just briefly explain to them how the messages come to you? Yeah. So I have psychic senses, which we all have, of clairvoyance, claircognizance, clairsentience, and clairaudience. So clairaudience is clear hearing. So that is hearing the voice of spirit, hearing spirit. Um, you know, hearing a word in, your, in my mind, hearing a song that then has some meaning. So for example, this morning I was doing a reading for somebody and I was hearing, um, you know, a theme song to a TV show and I described it and I said what I thought it was. And she said that it was her, her friend who had passed favorite show. Um, so, you know, that clairvoyance is seeing, so that's more images, dreams, seeing people's auras. Um, if you see signs in the physical world, that's a form really of clairvoyance. And there's clairaudience, which is hearing the voice of spirit. Uh, I'm sorry, sorry, I already said that one. Claircognizance, which is a knowingness. We've probably all had that. That one sometimes is tough for skeptics because, again, they discredit things. But if, you, if, you, if you've just had a, ever had a, just a strong knowingness where you're like, hmm, I, I feel like I need to call this person. I don't know why, but I need to. That would be clairvoyance. Clairsentience is more feeling. So that's just more feeling. We all have intuition. There's really three levels of intuition. So the first level of intuition is that gut instinct, gut reaction, feelings that we have. And then we have the second level of intuition, which is more of an internal dialogue that we have. And then we have a third level of intuition, which I call spiritual partnership, which has to do with inviting in a guide or an angel or a loved one to connect with. So there's three really levels of intuition. That's fabulous. I have two questions for you. Um, and of course, we're going to tell everyone and link the world to uh, all you know your, your website and your social media and all of that, you name it. But what is your um, comment to people say, this is baloney, they're complete skeptics. I mean, 
you know, it, it's ridiculous. How do you speak to people like that? And I think I've, and then let's um, conclude this interview, which is so interesting, uh, with what your tip would be for people to find joy in their lives. You know, I feel as far as skeptics, I encourage skeptics. I don't think there's anything wrong with being a skeptic. There's a, now, there's a difference between a skeptic and a cynic. So, for example, a skeptic would be somebody who says, I'm not sure if I believe in this. I would like to see evidence of this. So, for example, I had a skeptic uh, client a couple uh, weeks ago, and he called and he said, well, I really feel like I'm skeptical of this. So what I want to do is I want to set up a reading for somebody that I know, and I want to pay for it, and I want to set it up through me so there's no way you could possibly know who's coming. And I'd like you to give them a reading and I'd like to record it and I want to listen to it. And I want to base my decision if I want to have a reading on that. And so he, he did that and I said, well, that's fine. I mean, that would be great. I mean, you can set it up just like a normal reading. And so he did that. And we had a great, he sent somebody, I don't even know who it was, some friend of his. And um, she and I had a great reading. There were so many validations for spirit. And so, you know, somebody who's a cynic is somebody who's going to be provided with evidence and provided with things that there's not anything that they could, no other explanation. And they're going to say, well, I still don't believe. I don't care. I don't believe. Well, that's a cynic. And those people, I'm really like not interested in dealing with that because there's just no sort of positive to that. But anybody can be skeptic. And I think at all times in our life, we're all skeptics. You know, I even have moments where I'm like, you know, is this, you know, less and less as I've been more on my path. But I know when I was in the beginning and I, I was a believer, but I had moments of skepticism. And so I think skepticism is totally fine. And it's a personal kind of a personal path. You know, my tip for joy would be to do what you love. That's very important. And I know in my life that that was, you know, do what you're meant to be here, find your purpose, find your tribe. But, you know, do what you love and and just remember that you get to make the rules in life um, in terms of, and I, I talk about this a lot with grief too, because so many people, they lose somebody and they're like, oh my God, you know, I don't feel like doing the Christmas cards this year. I don't feel like, you know, it's like, okay, well, you get to make those rules. You don't have to send 200 Christmas cards out this year. You don't have to do, you know, the house decorations on the house. But also if you do, that's great too. You get to make those rules. So empower yourself by just, um, you know, doing what you love and, and, and making those choices. And that is what life is about, isn't it? It's about choices. Mm-hmm, for sure. It's about love and making our choices. Yeah, it's great because I'm always curious about the whole intuition thing. And You said, like, because, I mean, I don't know. I don't feel like I, I am on any level as high as it could be. But, I mean, you know, the gut feelings are always there. And I feel like just being open to realize them and recognize them is good and I like that tip of like even just writing things down because I feel like even people who aren't like are skeptical like you said like sometimes things just happen that are so unexplainable that they you know like they're not coincidental and like you just need to understand why and kind of open up to that so I feel like that's fascinating and I'm, I'm intrigued to learn about these kind of workshops too. Oh, great. Stephanie, so. you may, uh, Thomas, you may find Stephanie <laughs> in one of your workshops. <laughs> you never know. I'm always popping into all these new things here in New York. I'm always intrigued to keep learning. So I'm glad we got to got to chat tonight. But, yeah, we will definitely put links up. Um, and your book is on Amazon, Thomas, or else can they find your book to grab it? Yes, it's on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So we'll put those links up on our website, too, and share it. And then if, you know, anyone has questions for Thomas, they can reach out and, and we'll connect you guys. 
And yeah, that was fun. I always love thanks our chat. <laughs> well, thanks for spending the evening with us, Thomas and Irene. It's always a pleasure. To be, as I like to say, to be continued. We continued. <laughs> so our next Thank time. you. Thanks Thank for joining you. another episode of Grief and Rebirth Podcast. <laughs>